And we're back. What's going on, everybody? What's Welcome up? What's back. up? What's chilling, up? Chilling, chilling, chilling like Welcome a villain. All right, we got another episode of Under Construction. Um, as always, I'm your host, Vince Dunlap. To my left, I got Rodney, Rob Pops Richardson. What it do, baby? And to my right, I got Jamal, angry, black, fan, Darby. What's up, Charlotte? Hey, so it's another week. Another week has come. Another week is gone. Oh, um, the sky is falling. Did you know the that? Sky, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. It's over, man. It's over. But, but before we get into that, you get know, ready, everybody. I like to always, you know, because I, I like you guys. You know, I, I consider Thank y'all my boys. Thank you. I consider y'all my homeboys. Thank you, man. So, so like, I want to know, like, what's going on with y'all lives outside of podcasts? How's the last week Go been first, for y'all? Um, busy, 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 man. Just uh, grinding and grinding and trying to, trying to stack some paper out here, man. And hopefully I won't have to do that too much longer, man, because we're gonna have like a hundred thousand YouTube followers, <laughs> and y'all, y'all, Share, y'all, y'all gonna start sharing our videos all over the internet, man, and y'all gonna, you know, help us out, make us famous. So hopefully I won't have to do that too much longer. All right, what's up, Ryder? What's going on, uh, Ryder? Quiet weekend. Uh, you, you, uh, you, 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 you find a new job yet? Because I, I, I know that corporate life ain't, hey. <laughs> so, um. Hopefully this has become a full time job. <laughs> uh, just leave it like that. Uh, got a workout in this weekend okay. on Saturday. Uh, clean it up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh uh, yeah! Oh we'll, yeah! We'll, we'll jump into that a little yeah, later. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, just getting prepared for tomorrow. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Fortunately, but unfortunately. Oh like man! That. Yo, I saw something because you said getting prepared about tomorrow. I saw something on Facebook. We just had a Friday the 13th, right? Mm -hmm. And you know on Friday the 13th, you get all these uh, Jason memes and all this stuff that goes on. Did y'all realize that starting with June, if you take the first letter of every month from June to November, it actually spells out Jason. It actually spells Jason. I I, I discovered that. That's kind of creepy. It's no, no, creepy. I, <laughs> no. I for, I I have a friend named Jason, and for some reason, I looked at. It, I was like, June, April, September, October, November. Yeah. I'm like, oh crap, June, Jason. Yeah. No, July. July. August, I'm sorry. July, September, August. Yeah. October, November, yeah. <laughs> he said June. June, April. June, April. What time of night did you have last night, Jamal? Hey, where's my caffeine at, man? Because, God, I'm all over the place. Man, Florida State does this to you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, You got yeah. one more time, man. <laughs> you got one more time, Roddy. All right, but look, y'all, we're going we gonna to hop into this. We uh, we, we got a lot to talk about. You know, Panthers, you coming, share off, that Red Bull, Panthers coming off another loss. We even found a way to even throw some Hornets <laughs> talk in there this week. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the little the little community group project that uh, me and Roddy uh, participated in this weekend. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. So a couple of days ago on Thursday, uh, the Panthers oh they 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 showed up to Bank of America Stadium as as an Did they? one team. They showed up. They showed up. Okay, showed was this up. before or after the delay. This was actually before the delay. They were there. Well, there are a lot of people there wearing Carolina Panthers jerseys, is okay. what I would say, on the field. And we were watching people throw the football and try to run and stuff like that. There, was, really? there was actually two events at Bank of America. Two e- oh, and yeah. you, you know what? And yeah. it's funny because yeah. we don't we haven't been seeing it that much. Yeah, because ha- yeah, for some reason haven't, I haven't seen it broadcast. I don't know, man. Because they had there was a UFC fight club in the in the, in the stadium too, exactly. man. And I, Rumor has it they come from Gastonia. They came from Gastonia. <laughs> I don't know. I, do they play country music in Gastonia? Oh, yo. Okay. All kinds well, of Maybe that's what it was, man. Too much country music. But let's let's get to the football, man. So, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> James Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers walked in the 
Bank of America Stadium and said, screw your couch all over the Carolina Panthers. Mm, 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 now, when we were watching the game, when I was watching the game, I tried to jot down a few notes as I was watching. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a recite some stuff to kind of like jog you guys' memories, and I'm going to just let you guys go with your thoughts, okay? All bring right, the pain, so, bring the pain. The first thing, uh, Cam Newton um, completed just under 50% of his passes, somehow still managed to throw for over 300 yards and still get blamed for the game. Uh, Got Cam Newton. Um, CMC, he was pretty much held in check all night. Body language was just just wasn't good. Uh, one positive, well, actually, I go two positives. Uh, Greg Olson, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Joey Sly, who actually went four for four on field goals, uh, which is doggone pretty good. So play got suspended. I I don't think the the weather was the real reason that play got suspended. I think because the game was kind of boring. I think they suspended <laughs> it intentionally so that everybody would be um had a front row view for the UFC fight that took place. Yeah. Or uh, or it could be because of the um security outside that couldn't get people in the game fast enough because I was one of the people who missed the first eight minutes of the game because I was standing in line because our slow security couldn't get people through there. And we, and we, might, we, had that problem in the ACC yeah, we might try and bring that up too later oh, on. Boy. But um, I mean, that $100 parking made me agitated too. But yo, so, you know, with, without any, without throwing any more stuff out there, because I want to see what you guys have to say without my biased comments. Uh, for one, give me one word to describe last Thursday's game. Missed opportunities. That's two, That's words. two words. Do that again. Rodney. Let's do uh Miss Opportunity. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll just we'll just hyphenate that. We'll just uh, hyphenate Miss well, Opportunity. Okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll okay. hyphenate okay. it. Okay, I will change it up. Typical. Typical. All right. Dysfunctional. This oh now that's a strong mm. word. That's a strong all right. You hey, go, go. Um again, dysfunctional. Everyone was bad. Now, our quarterback, of course, is going to be the hot topic. He's going to get the, the majority of the blame. He's going to get the uh, he's going to shoulder all the blame, no pun intended. But everyone was bad. Ron was bad. Norv was worse. Darrell Williams was god awful. The offensive line was bad. The secondary was bad outside of James Bradbury. I when I say dysfunctional, <clears throat> they didn't look prepared. On either side of the ball. Now the defense looked a little better than offense because the defense yeah. got stops, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's the same story. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again, man. They're just on the field too much, man, because offense didn't really put together too many drives, and then when they did, they didn't go get in the end zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I say dysfunctional, especially offensively, because I don't know what's wrong with Cam. I, I I'm I I'm not. I wish we were closer to the team to really really get a feel of what's going on with him. Um, Vince, you're looking more and more like a prophet every week, dude, because <laughs> I, I look at Cam Thursday and I just say to myself, like, maybe it is a good idea if he sat this season out. Yeah. With, without really knowing any strong details. We don't know if his shoulder off camera, you know, we had a conversation about it, maybe even being a mental thing. We had a conversation about the, the, the Panthers possibly trying to turn Cam Newton into something he might not be. Um, I know I'm getting kind of long-winded, but one more point I want I want to make is, you know, we're seeing maybe Norv and the Panthers trying to turn Cam Newton into like this pocket passer and this this guy. But if you want to turn Cam Newton into a pocket passer, you got to protect him. Number one, you got to protect him. Yeah. Number two, it might not work because 
we know that Cam is a rhythm type of quarterback. He's a very different type of quarterback. When Cam Newton is running all over the place and he's being him, so to speak, and, he, and he's controlling the game instead of something else controlling him, he's a different quarterback. And I don't think this plan that they have for Cam Newton is sustainable. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because we're, we're talking about how the Panthers are trying to make Cam Newton into a pocket passer quarterback. And one criticism that I've always said of the Panthers since Cam Newton has got here, he has never had an offensive coordinator who fully understands and appreciates his unique skill set. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the game on Thursday, uh, Jameis Winston, I think we all can agree, has not lived up to expectations no, coming out yeah, of Florida not, State. Right. However, Jameis Winston played this past Thursday close to what I expected to see from him coming out of Florida State. Man, the the whole game, where the section I was sitting at, the, the entire game, everyone around me was like, you know, Jameis is going to give us one. Jameis is going to give us one. He never gave us one. and He almost did. We didn't he almost you. did. Yeah. Almost. But almost doesn't count. But – and you know, and and you know who his offensive coordinator is this season now, Byron, Byron Leftwich, who is somebody who, even though he wasn't as much as a runner, he has a similar skill set right. and and understands, understands his abilities a lot more. Right. And I and and now now because the NFL is set up the way the NFL is. Arians will get the credit for Winston's yeah, turnaround, right, right, okay? Right, you right. know, because the NFL loves country music. Read in between the lines, y'all. <laughs> but I see this as a direct result. <laughs> I, <laughs> pick your head up, I see this I as a direct result of Byron Lefwich coming in and being the offensive coordinator. And as, as long as Winston can stay out of trouble, and I really hate to say that, but with it's his true. career, it's, it, it's it is what it is. Right. As long as Winston can stay out of trouble, I think you are going to see a much more improved Winston in comparison to what we saw Thursday night. I agree. Um, but here, here's the here, the only thing about – now, we're not going to spend too much time talking about James. Yeah, 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 Bucks, yeah, no doubt. I, I just want to – the point I want to quickly – all the disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. But the, the point I want to quickly make is I we played so bad that I don't know if that is sustainable for the Bucks as far as them being a winning product with them playing like that because it was pretty conservative. You get what I'm saying? It was almost like a game plan for them to not mess up. Gotcha. And I don't know how far the, the Bucks can go with that, but that's as much as I want to say about the Bucks. So, all right, Rodney. So, give me give me your thoughts on the on the game in general from a uh, Panthers perspective. Hmm. Hard, ain't it? It's it's, it's I, I'm, I want to be thoughtful in this response. No, 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 no. This right, is we, a this is a fan led podcast. Express yourself. We are man. all about emotion. So, say it with your chest. When I said typical, it's just a typical. Ron Rivera type of game is underachieving. See, like, Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's, it's, it's underachieving. Uh, the offense not living up to its full potential. Uh, it's the same story like, hey, the offensive line is not protecting Cam Newton, which is typical. It's, through his whole tenure here. It's been that way. It's been that way. Except and, for and, like one season. You know what I'm saying? Well, not, not even then. I mean, he was – See, the, when I look at Kim, I don't see the joy in his face anymore. Yeah, agreed. agreed. That, that's alarming. That, that, that's very alarming. That's I mean, because I, I just saw Andrew Luck retire. Like, right. Cam, Cam, his personality is, is very infectious. And when he's having fun, the team is rolling. Yep. And that's the problem. Like, I, I don't see the passion of what they're playing. And, and, and that kind of speaks to the point of him being a rhythm player. That yeah. that ties into that. You get what I'm saying? And on these press conferences, man, he looks defeated, man. Yeah. 
And that's he, he, look, he looks like he's in the Mary J. Blige. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> got the headscarf on and everything, man. Come on, bro. And and I honestly think the Panthers trying to make him into a pocket passer is playing into that because he cannot be who he you know what? is. You know what? I'm, I'm I'm with the philosophy. We're we're, we're gonna ride Christian McCaffrey till the wheels fall off. God damn it, do the same thing with Cam. Yep. If he plays until he's 34, 35 years old, get the best you can get out of him. Have a contingency plan, which you have, you supposedly have in Will Greer, yep. and just keep it moving. Because no, this isn't working. Like no, this, this is not working. Their their plan for Cam Newton or whatever that may be. Now, I, I, now I have a question for you guys. Okay. In your opinion, is Ron Rivera in the hot seat? Did did did, did he oh, come? Did, did he oh, come the season? In no, the no, hot no. Seat? That that seat is warm. That that seat is a, is a little warm now. I, I don't think you're going to see any mid-season firings or nothing, nothing so. like that. I, 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 I think we're going to – this season is going to play out. You best believe that seat is a little warm, Here's man. Here's why I'm laughing at that question. I have wanted Ron Rivera out for at least the last five years. Y'all terrible. However, Connor, Three. Three for me. Two, no, three for longer me. Than, longer than that. <laughs> however, however, when I have mentioned that I have not been a, a true fan of Ron Rivera, it's always been met with criticism. And now... Oh, two-time coach of the year. Yeah, all, all of that all of that crap. And it's like now, it's, it, it's, it's almost like the fan base has to wait until it is blatant before like, okay, maybe we need to start looking yeah. for another uh, right. another coach. And granted, everyone now sees that he's on the hot seat, which is cool, but we're doing this in year nine of the Cam Newton experiment. Right. Uh, experiment. And 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 we're going to kind of bleed over into the Hornets here, but when you look at the way that, that the Panthers have treated Cam Newton, he has never truly had an offensive line. He has never had a great receiving core. His receiving core this year is full of two-year the players. Yes, They're right. full of two-year players. But it's still probably so the best he's it, had. Which, which shows how bad he's had it. And let, let me let me let me discuss another alarming trend, and because I, I I said this three weeks ago during the preseason, all the interviews I heard from players, we're gonna be all right. We you know it's just we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be all right, man. You know it's just we're here in the preseason. We're gonna work out the kinks, and they never looked impressive in the preseason. And what we're seeing is a carryover. Yep. Not only a carryover from preseason, but a, a carryover, carryover from, from last season. season. Yep. So. I, it's, it's, I'm look, man. I, I haven't been as hard on Ron Reddy as y'all have been, but I'm almost in the club. Like, I gotta, I'm at the door. I'm to, knocking. To me, at this point, I I I I, I know Cam is the, the the go-to guy with the criticism. Maybe it's just the voice in the locker room that 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 hasn't been able to motivate these guys like it was in the past. Yeah, right. And let me let me say let me let me say this about Cam Newton, man. And Good Lord, this Charlotte fan base, boy. I, I, I love and hate y'all at the same time, boy. I'm going to try my best to not be angry black fan right now. There are a lot of y'all that are really enjoying, like, Cam yeah. Newton's, I'm not going to say demise, but his struggles. Yeah. He wears crazy shit. We we know that. Uh, it's it, out of, Quite frankly, I don't care. I, I, I really don't care. It's just, the thing is, like, as a Charlotte fan base, y'all know how we are. We're gonna hop off a boat quicker than most fan bases. I, we, we, it's a lot of us that are just done with Cam already. We yeah, we don't yeah, want to. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to see if he's hurt. We want. We don't want to see if he's if he's if mentally if he's if he's going through things. Y'all are already off the boat. It's week. It's still week two, y'all. Let me repeat that. It is still week two. There are some alarming trends going on. I get that. It is still a very long season. And the one thing 
the, the reason why that I'm so pissed at the, at people jumping off Cam Newton, you can say whatever you want to about the guy. But one thing you cannot question about Cam Newton is his, is his competitiveness. That dude is a competitive dude who wants to win. He looks defeated because we are losing. He does not like losing. He does not like what's going on. I just don't see how now, everybody can hop see, off the a, boat like that. Man. Honestly, to me, is I, I can acknowledge his shortcomings right now. But I cannot forget what he's done for this franchise. That's but that's what I'm saying. I don't and, get and, why and, everybody's and, 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 the, and, it, and it's like we, in, in my opinion, we made the Super Bowl in spite of having Mike Shields the head the, 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 the head coordinator. Right. He's 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 countless. He was the offense. He was the whole offense for years and years and years. And honestly, to be to be quite honest with you. I see this as his body probably is breaking down a little bit. Now, and, now, and, 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 and this is a hot take. He's had a, he, his, his career arc to me is like a running back because we use him as a freaking running back. He's taking all this punishment because we haven't put an, 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 an uh, adequate offensive line around him the whole time. And this is what you're going to see. Like, 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 you like. I, ironically, right at age 30, 31. 30, 31. Right, right. when the running back starts. And then, right. and, then, and, then, and, then, and then, and then, you look at all these running quarterbacks. All these franchises are basically practicing mal- malpractice. The, 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 the Colts. Luck got punished because he was a little bit mobile. I look at my boy in Houston right now. Deshaun Watson should not be hit this much. But you're not protecting your most valuable asset. asset right. And, and 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 it's just crazy to me if he was a Not, statue well, standing in the pocket. I think I think Houston would be a little bit of an outlier because I want to say it was Matt Shaw. Like I want to I want to say it was Matt Shaw, but I think um, in his one season and, and uh, there was one season in Houston. I think he was hit like something like seventy eight times or right now. So right. even with Deshaun Watson taking a lot of hits, like they never really had a good offensive line as well. And they, but but. Once you're proven to have a franchise type quarterback, you need to make that investment to get that 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 offensive and, line around him. And, and what's going on? You need to be protected there? like Brady is protected. And, 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 but, but and Aaron Rodgers for if we want to keep the mobile yeah. QB name. Because what's going on is like now they're trying their best to so quote unquote protect Cam, but they're going about it the wrong way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Speaking of protecting him and going about it the wrong way, with us being Hornets fans, when the game is on the line. For the last eight years or so, no matter the situation, no matter how many shots he's made we or missed, know who's shooting the, ball. The, the ball has to go to Kemba Walker, right. no matter what. Right. Using that same narrative with the Panthers, it's fourth and one, <laughs> you're down one score, you have a quarterback who is 6'5", 245 pounds. I want you guys to try and justify not only giving the ball to CMC, but putting Cam out in a flanker position. Like... Help me out. Help me out. How do we do that? You want to take this one first? Because um, I, man, listen. Uh, it was a missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, I felt confident in North's call. Um, you a lie. I'm, I'm, I'm just the, the head coach. I can't overturn those calls. Um, honestly, honestly, I don't know. Um, McCaffrey was bottled up basically the whole, whole game. game. They night. shut him out the whole night. Uh, I'm alluding to a conversation that I had with the producer. Uh, maybe they were thinking, "Hey, uh, if we if, if, if McCaffrey can get the first down, it's, it's not a first and goal on the one yard line. The clock is still running. We don't have any timeouts left. We'll just let it go like that." Cool. I still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, like 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 fourth and one. 
I've seen plenty of times where you fake the handoff and threw it to Olsen for the quick five, six yard game. Why not do that? Or who who had 112 yards for that game? Or you you have a fullback on the roster for a reason named Alex Armour. Use him as the lead blocker for oh, for, for for CMC. Oh, you have another running back on the bench, uh, Jordan Scarlett. Use him. He's a bruising type of back. I I I just I just don't get well, the play calling. Why do you throw the ball <laughs> fifty one times for a quarterback coming off a shoulder injury? I I just don't get it. It's just it's just crazy. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different direction with the first thing I'm gonna say. Can somebody explain to me why we got rid of CJ Anderson again? Can they, can we revisit that? Because I <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, so ironically, I, I'm actually sitting behind the end zone when when that play was called. Rich. So I, I saw <laughs> shut up, man. I saw everything developing right. So I'm looking at uh, McCaffrey, you know, in in the direct snap position. I'm seeing Cam flanked out. Me and the guy next to me was like, "This is going to McCaffrey." I swear <laughs> to God, I looked at, I said, "This is going to McCaffrey." When I tell you, everybody who has ever looked at and studied football knew exactly where that play was going. Vince, I can't justify it. I, I have no recourse. I have nowhere to go with this because I. I I don't know, man. I don't know if Norv really thought he was going to fool the Tampa Bay Bucks defense with the formation and with the play call. And you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned defense because there's there's a conversation that needs to be had right now. There's a certain player on the Panthers roster that when he came over here during the offseason, we were like, oh, my God, this defense is about to be so great. <laughs> However, comma. The defensive line that he left in the offseason look looked like man. the steel curtain defense sure did. this past Thursday, okay? Let me let me tell you something. I mean to cut you off because this needs to be said. Man, when I tell you the Bucks, both lines kicked both of our lines ass the entire game. Mm-hmm. Daryl Williams had Lord Atrocious, more – Rodney Richardson could have blocked better than <laughs> Daryl Williams that game, man. He went here like he, he, he stopped moving his feet once he made contact. It, it was a turnstile. It was just a turnstile the entire night, man. And, and I, Daryl Williams is not a left tackle. Let me tell you something, man. Greg Little, I, he better be ready to play <laughs> next Sunday. There's no way you can walk Daryl Williams out the next week after this. This is game, your man. job for the taking. It has so, to be. It has to be. So considering the amount of pressure that the defensive line got on Cam Newton this past Thursday, and considering the lack of pressure that our defensive line got on Jameis Winston on Thursday, if we go back to the Warren Sapp comments earlier about about Jared McCoy, is Warren Sapp a lot more validated now? I hate, 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 hate saying anything positive about Warren Sapp. But damn it, he looks right right now. No comment. (laughs) I'm waiting. All right, so listen now. Uh, we're at a loss of words right now, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break and go find those words, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. All right, y'all. We are back. Hopefully, we're able to find those Woo. words. Uh, we're, we're gonna switch it over to um, our lovable Hornets, our lovable mediocre tenth pick picking. Hornets. Okay. <laughs> so we haven't talked about the Hornets in a while. Um, one of the things we pride ourselves trying on. Trying to depress me on a Sunday? Uh huh. Trying to depress me? I hey, well, I don't know. We're going to see what happens, though. But I know we, 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 one of the things we pride ourselves on, uh, this podcast is we don't, we don't want to just talk about something for the sake of the fact that we, it's, it's there to be talked about. Gotcha. However, 
Uh, the Hornets gave us a few things to talk about this week. They so sure did. we're going to get started. So one of one of those things, uh, things. James Borrego, as well as Mitch Kupchak, they made their would, they, would you say this is the first um any type of uh press release in the in it's the, the offseason? It's 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 uh the first time we got any indication of the direction. Which is maybe a few months late. Yeah, but <laughs> you think? <laughs> but I mean, the Hornet social media team got us covered. Yeah. So for those of you guys that are listening, for those of you guys that are watching that might not be in the win, a few notes from the uh, article done by the Charlotte Observer. Uh, one, James Borrego said that the team would not go. Uh, they are not willing to say rebuild, but the word is transition, which is. Rebuilding Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, and I absolutely love this line that I'm about to say right here because I said this. I've said this during the season. I said this after Kimmel Walker left, and I got roasted for it. And it, it like I feel like I need to be on 3:33 East Trade, but we'll talk about that later. We all but do. We all do. During man. this interview, you don't be taking credit by yourself. Man. We all do. Man. <laughs> Mitch Kupchak said, "If there's a master plan." is to transition from a team built around a superstar to a team built around our young players and style of play. Essentially saying um, they're going to do a youth movement, okay? Um, JB or Coach Borrego also may mention that salaries will not play a part in who gets to play this year, which I'm going to kind of call BS on because uh, la- towards the end of the season, uh, Nick and Marvin were still getting heavy minutes, even though their numbers are just – I, I think they got more minutes than what they should have gotten. But – um, so what do you guys, what do you guys think? Um, you, you've seen some of the reaction from the fan base. Uh, we've had conversation with a few others. So what do you guys think about the, uh, Borrego interview? Uh, it was Borrego and Cupcheck. One thing I, I, one thing that stood out to me with Cupcheck said, basically we had Kimba. It was his job to lead us into the playoffs. He couldn't do it. We couldn't justify paying him the money. And I understood it. And, Someone on this podcast has mentioned that, but sorry and, for cutting and, you off. And, and, and I completely understood it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were going <laughs> nowhere <laughs> in a hurry, uh-huh. and I, I, I like, like, I, like I said, I completely understand the direction. Uh, he mentioned, he alluded to the fact that the offers that we were getting for Kimber, for, for Kimba, uh, at the trade deadline was basically a protected first round pick, which wasn't wouldn't have been enough. Should have traded him the year before, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really technically here a year before or whatever. So I understood the, the 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 thought decision behind letting him walk and then getting the asset back in Rozier. And they basically said, hey, we didn't see anybody with the mid-level section exception we wanted. And I'm like, hmm. It seems like he has a, a plan that he's not disclosing to us, but there's, <laughs> there's a plan there. And then one other thing that, that stood out to me is they're going to use the, the cap space for dumping grounds, which means basically we take chances on young players in the future and get first-round picks for that. So he has a plan. Next year, when, when all the space runs out, I'm so interested to see what they how do. How they use it. How they use all that money. Hey, take a bad con- Hey, give us two first-round picks. Or give us a first-round pick. 
And I'm 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 sorry to keep constantly throwing this stuff in y'all's face. I'm not I'm not trying to make myself seem like some savant or anything like that. But that entire as I was reading that article, like like the muscles in my face started hurting because I was cheesing from (laughs) ear to ear so hard. Like this is what I've been saying all off season. Now um I got I got two more questions, but before before I go there, I'm gonna let Jamal go. So Jamal, give me your thoughts on the article. So about two, three weeks ago, we had uh, Mr. Jerry Valancourt on this show. Jerry V. <laughs> Jerry V, baby. And there was a host on this particular show that said, I want the Hornets to not make necessarily go for patchwork uh, signings and trades and, and panic trades. And I said, I want the Hornets to start doing things to build a sustainable future. I want everybody to go click on this article right damn now <laughs> and see what Mitch Kupchak said. He basically said the exact same thing I said three weeks ago. We're gonna we are gonna build a program that is gonna develop our young players. He also mentioned if our young players are not getting uh, at least getting minutes in in real games, they're gonna be in the G League. Yep, Greensboro. Hello, um, this as is that what we've been screaming all off season. Have we not said this same thing? And look, they said something that was going to piss a lot of casual fans off. Cupcake basically alluded to say, we're not going to chase the big fish in free agency. Which I absolutely we love. Get the but big fish. That's what I'm getting to. We were not in position to get the big fish anyway. Let me explain this for the 1500th time if I didn't say it enough already. In order for the Hornets to, quote unquote, get the big names, so to speak, you have to have a foundation if you do not have a strong foundation already in place you are you have no chance to get the marketable big names on this team the hornets are finally thank god they are finally looking like they are getting it they are it they they have the the foundation in place to start building a sustainable future i got, I got a quick question for you guys who has more wins by Thanksgiving, the Hornets or the Panthers? <laughs> I, my money's on the Hornets right now. Man. I'm gonna go with the Hornets just because it's <laughs> what you're supposed to say. The fact that that's a question is that that shows how depressing it is to be a Charlotte sports fan. Hey man, there's, there's a black cat running around trading bitch. <laughs> I swear, man. Now, now in the same article, uh, there was something. There was a statement made. I can't remember. If Borrego made it or Mitch made it, so maybe you guys can correct me. I'm not exactly sure if I make this statement. I think I keep this to myself, but I'm gonna put it out there and I'm gonna let you guys run with it, okay? So Jamal, how did you feel about when 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 they said that the team was shocked? No, no, that the word was blindsided. The team was blindsided by Kimmel Walker uh making the all-star team. There was no, it was all in there. Oh, was it all NBA? All NBA. Okay, teams. so how how would you feel? Because as it relates to Supermax. Yeah, yeah, contract. exactly, exactly. Now, yeah. now, and and again, I am sorry. I'm, I I didn't mean to cut you off. No. However, when when the negotiations were going on, I specifically remember saying that like I think they were surprised by doing so because it increased what they what they could possibly pay him, which made that 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 gap a lot bigger. When they offered what they did offer, no, you're you're spot on because actually you and Rodney both said the same thing. Like they probably didn't really want that to happen, <laughs> which is sad. But it's 
It's the truth, man. And but but now, would you have made that statement? I wouldn't have made that statement because it's a bad look. It's it looks bad when your general manager say, "Oh man, we were surprised that he's better than what he is." Like you, there's there's some things that are just better left unsaid. But I, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna say this again, man. <clears throat> sometimes the stars align, and sometimes things happen for the better. You get what I'm saying? Um, Mitch also said, you know, how can we promise Kim Walker we're gonna build, how, we're gonna go to the playoffs? Like, how, how can, how can we promise that? So, with, with that being said, man, again, I've said this at nauseum a thousand times, man. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I'm I'm glad to hear them finally kind of kind of alluding to we need to truly build something instead of just throwing money around, uh, 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 signing these signing these guys who are not really difference makers. It it all happens for a reason. But at the but with all that being said, if Jamal Darby's the general manager, I probably don't say that. Okay, what yeah. you got, Rodney? It speaks to some of the shortcomings of our front office. Okay. Uh, the lack of forecasting. Okay, I can see uh, that. Me, if I'm a general manager, and I know that we have this asset right here, and he's coming up soon, we can't extend him reasonably because that's way under his value. We've already got him under value for this long. Yeah. Okay. What, what? What? What comes next? Okay, he's going to be an all star. He might be an all star. Okay, this is his ceiling. Okay, so if he makes it, so. His max is 190. Okay, so somehow he makes the super max is 220 or 250, whatever it is. And so you had to have that planned out. Okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this to get this, and this, and this. Or if he makes this, we need to pivot to do this, and this, and this. And so maybe it's that Mitch wasn't here that long. And, 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 and it also speaks to one of his a flaw in his strength. He can be brutally honest to the point where it's yeah. like, yeah. You shouldn't have said that. You should have said that. And so I value the honesty. True, true. But some true. things are better left unsaid. Some things better left unsaid. Now, hey, you, but you and I'm gonna cut you off, but you know what's ironic about that statement? It's almost like the Kimber Walker leaving forced them to finally get some foresight and to finally, to to finally really plan. Are. You get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. why that's why I made my statement. Sometimes the stars align for the better because it finally forces the Hornet organization to say you know what, man? We don't really have a lot of recourse as far as, far as getting good right away. You get now, what I'm saying? Now, so, so with this statement, staying on this statement, they they were blindsided by Kemba Walker making all NBA. Do you think a statement, admitting a statement like that, justifies some of the fans in criticizing uh, the Hornets not being able to operate from a business standpoint, namely Michael Jordan? It, it, it honestly, it does. Okay. Uh, like I said, like if it was a different type of front office, they would they would have basically had things planned out a little better. Like if if Kimball was averaging 25, 26 points a game in January, you're like, oh man, he's he was voted an All Star starter. This is a legit possibility. Yeah, 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 we yeah, kind, yeah. Like I understand if you recognize it, but you still recognized it. Oh, we need to pivot, or. Man, uh, we, we probably need to pull a trigger on one of these trades to get a valuable young asset or something like that. But I mean, what's done is done, honestly. And fans bitching and complaining at this point is isn't helping the cause. It's par for the course, anyway. It's, it it, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. It, it wouldn't honestly matter. But 
honestly, I think they heard the cries of the fans. No, not the cries, but they they heard a lot of the stuff. And to be honest with you, I think they're out of touch with a lot of stuff. The social media team, uh, the front office, and everything like that. I just think that they operate with the old school mentality. I'll agree with that. And social media has given people more access into things like it allows for organizations to have more transparency. You can have less transparency when you're winning, but if you're putting a bad product out there, we want to know why. What's yeah. your plan? I, I disagree with that slightly. Here's why. Because let's fast, let's let's rewind two seasons ago when the, when there were rumors of Kemba Walker being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers and Cleveland was offering us picks and stuff. I think they heard the murmurs of the of Charlotte's fan base because Kemba Walker, sentimental favorite, and this is coming from me. Yeah, y'all know how I feel about my boy, my UConn Charlotte Hornet boy. It's something I didn't want to see at that point, but honestly, it probably would have been better for us. But but. The point I'm trying to make was, I honestly believe they don't pull that trade because of the outrage from Hornets fans. But that was under the different general manager too. And I honestly, I think if Cupcheck was here and he got that deal, I'm with you. He's pulling that trade. Now I agree on that point. He I agree like, on that well, point. He's like, he he would he be like, well, this is the best opportunity for us to win in the future. I'm in it for the future, not for now. Now no. this just popped in my head. Okay, let's say we pull that trade. Let's say we send Kimba to Cleveland and we bring in Kevin Love, who has been selling himself. Since it wasn't. It wasn't Love. It was basically. Uh, it was. We were taking back Love. It was yeah. like no, we weren't. We was like George Hill. Uh, I don't remember the details. It, it, of the trade. We, we, we would because okay. because they were trying to make that run. Okay, well so that like that, that, and bad contract that would actually years. solidify the question I'm about to ask you. If we trade him away to Cleveland, who wasn't doing anything, and we take Hill and all those guys, does that would that have validated Stephen Jackson's criticism from a month ago when he was here with the big no, three? No, 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 no. Think a, so? strong Cause, no. Cause we, a strong no. A strong no. We would have taken our franchise player, the best player we've had since basketball has came back to Charlotte. Uh, but, 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 but in, in the long run, he would have been put in a better position because. He was going to the Cleveland Cavaliers team that eventually went to the finals. So, and he would and he would have had at least one year max with them left, and so he would have been in the better position for himself. So it's, it's not like we're trading him to to Phoenix. And but, see, I think we're talking. I think the reason we were confused earlier is because we were talking different trade scenarios. Because even after LeBron James left, there was still uh, trade scenario rumors. Yeah, um, that following season. Right. But let yeah. me let me answer you, Steven Jackson question. Let me say this again. A very strong, absolutely hell no. I love look, man, I love what Steven Jackson bought to us, except for that fact, except for the time he shot the ball with nineteen <laughs> seconds left on the doggone shot clock. Anyway, but as far as as far as his statements go, Steven Jackson has been in the league a long time. He knows it's a business yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of the day. I don't see why he was so – why he took that so personal, even with his personal situation as it related to Kimball Walker. You get what I'm saying? Tell you why, tell but, why I think he took it personal. Why? Because basically to him, they thought the team – he thought the team was good enough to compete. And Joy was like, nah, man, y'all, y'all ceiling is a 17. <laughs> <laughs> so let me go ahead and break this up and start but, over again. But even with that being said, he's still contradictory because I've actually heard him on another interview saying, I knew that the Hornets' money was messed up. That was That's his words. 
So he even knew yeah. why the yeah. why the Bobcats then made that trade. So I don't understand why he's why he's that, in his feelings about this, end, man. At the end of the day, uh, Jackson getting traded away and all those guys. It was a business decision. Yeah. It was business. But uh, speaking of business, um, everyone's yeah, uh, beloved owner, uh, Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, uh, made another business decision this last couple, these last couple of days, and he decided to sell a portion of the team. While simultaneously keeping uh, majority control of of the organization, how it runs and Boss the personnel. Move. So, uh, give me guys' thought on that. Uh, this is a, a cash play. Okay. It's leverage. Okay. Uh, when we can, when we start competing, this will make it more easier easier for us to go over the luxury tax because we have a partner. He he would have a partner that's able to. Help him pay the luxury tax because we talked about this before in the podcast. Michael Jordan is by far not the richest owner in the NBA. Uh, Charlotte is breaking even, making profits barely at best. Uh, this also brings another voice in. Uh, it can help us on the business side with innovations and things of that nature. Uh, and don't panic. We're not moving nowhere. Right, right, right. Uh, we're not moving to New York. That right. market is oversaturated. We're not about to be the... New Jersey Queen Bees or, right, right. or, now, or the Seattle. To, to ask the main potatoes that before I let you get it, Jamal, uh Roddy mentioned that Michael is 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 nowhere near one of the richest owners in the league. Uh the richest owner in the league is Steve Palmer out there with the uh, Clippers, who uh, Balmer, sorry about that, who's worth forty four point five billion dollars. And meanwhile, our very old Michael Jordan, uh first ever African American owner, first ever uh former player owner, is uh coming in at a whopping one point nine billion dollars. So Jamal, go ahead and take it from there. <laughs> um, boss move. Okay. Absolutely boss move. Now a lot the casual fans it, it it's not gonna it's oh, not gonna so disappointing. it's not gonna resonate <laughs> it, it, it's it's not gonna move the needle because it doesn't really mean too much on the basketball yeah, yeah. side it really doesn't you get what I'm saying these the, the two guys that are that are are going to be our owners with along with Michael are not basketball guys you get what I'm saying these are venture capitalist tech guys who have deep pockets but <clears throat> to kind of you know steal some of Rodney's points. Uh, Michael Jordan, I guess, solicited these guys because, uh, you know, they could offer, like, innovative ideas yeah, yeah. around technology. They're, they're investors. They're investors. They're investors. And, and, and they, they could make, like, the in-game experience better. They could they, – they, they, they have ideas for, as far as how to build the brand, so to speak. Now, again, that's kind of disappointing to a lot of fans who want basketball guys and who are really disappointed. Michael said, I'm going to maintain control over basketball stuff. But at the same time, man, as a business move, it is an absolutely brilliant, in my opinion, business move. And I want to give y'all two props again for something. Because we, we were talking about how the Brooklyn Nets, Miguel Prokhorov, deep as his pockets were, he also uh, gave up some ownership or, or sold some ownership in the Nets. Now, not to say this was a direct result of that. But you see the situation they're in now. Yeah, agreed. It, it obviously worked out in their favor. You get what I'm saying? Negro Domus. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so gonna, hopefully the same fortune happens for the Hornets. I'm going to read a tweet, and I want you guys to just go. All right? Just want you guys to just respond, okay? Oh Here we it's go. You stirring the pot today. In regards, in regards to Michael Jordan uh, selling a portion of the team to the Hornets, um, it was said on Twitter, 
If anything, this just reaffirms that the Hornets were a business decision for Jordan, not a passion project. He bought the team low and is selling a portion of it when the value of NBA teams is high. Ronnie, go first. Okay, so honestly, I think this is Michael Jordan recognizing, hey, my pockets really aren't that deep. I'm making a profit, but I'm not maximizing my profit. Can you, can you stop making sense, please? And so I can see this as a whole kind of business reset. We were setting the roster. We were setting with the owner, new ownership. Hey, we're going to add this to the fan experience to make this better. We're going to add this to, to, to make the peer player experience better. We want to become a true destination for the players. And so I understand it like that. That that's that that that's that's that, that's that's where I'm coming from. Like more ears and the, the the CFO CEO meetings are better than just Michael Jordan. I have to say so. Duh, 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 duh. So it's 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 better. Like you just don't own a team because you're not passionate about it. Like you have to have some type of passion for it. Like Michael Isn't Jordan. Isn't this what the fans wanted? <laughs> the fans don't know what no, the hell they no, want. No, no, the fans wanted MJ to own forty five percent, and this new guy to own fifty five percent, and Michael Jordan just be the figurehead. That's what they wanted. <laughs> oh, whoa, really? Angry black fan, what you got? Ronnie, I really appreciate that logical, sensible. Oh, somebody's gonna die. Somebody's gonna tear me up for it. <laughs> an intelligent response. I'm not gonna be as intelligent and sensible about this. I don't know how many times I have to have personal conversations with people about Michael Jordan and his passion as an owner. <clears throat> I don't know if y'all were born before 1990 or whatever. I, 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 I can't count how many times I've had to say this again. This dude is the most competitive man that anybody has ever met. You just don't lose that. It's a part of who he is. There are people who still don't understand and who still don't get the concept of running a basketball team is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And just because you have mishaps, mistakes, uh, bad fortune, whatever you want to call the Hornet situation, whatever you think that is, it does not mean you don't care. There are still people who do not have a fundamental understanding of how the business of basketball works. Vince just told y'all the high guy has $44 billion. Michael is the low guy with like 1.9. These two investors helped that situation to help the Hornets possibly uh, uh, have more leverage and have more ground to get better players. And y'all are still going to damn complain. I, this fan base makes me want to pull this little bit of hair I have out when it talks about this guy. What is y'all? What the hell is wrong with y'all sometimes, man? And to be honest, uh, to be honest with you, man, God, I'm I'm going to take it somewhere else. Look, for Michael Jordan to be worth 1.9 billion dollars, he's born in 1963. Black people did not have the right to vote in 1963. Who still boy. be a red line and everything like that? For him to be worth 1.9 billion dollars is is a hell of a job. Y'all know what somebody's going to say, right? Y'all know what's going to I, I don't care. Well, listen, you, know, you know what's going to happen, right? Somebody who doesn't know how to salary cap work. Oh, so they got more money to go get Kevin Durant now, right? 
Well, look, at the, at the end of the day, y'all, oh, with Jesus Michael Jordan, Quasi uh, Quasi, only caring about his money, uh, by bringing more people in, as they continue to make more profit, he actually gets less money because he has to now divvy it up. Yeah, divvy it up. Three people. But we'll see how this goes in the future. So we got to go pay some more bills, and uh, we'll be right back, y'all. All right? Got roaches. Got to get the roaches out. <laughs> got to get the roaches out. All right, here we go, y'all. Uh, so we're back for our last segment. Uh, this is a little impromptu culture segment that we're going to do. So for those of you guys that have been keeping up with Under Construction and uh, watched last week's episode, first and foremost, thank you guys for watching. Thanks for the support. Thank you. Uh, but you guys will uh, remember that I did a piece on a uh, situation going on here in Charlotte at a, uh, at a cemetery out off of uh, Beatty's Ford Road. Yeah. Long story short, uh, there's a cemetery out there called uh, Cedar Grove, yeah. and uh, it's a it's an African American uh, cemetery, and it's been out there since about the 1950s, Rodney. 1850s. Uh, 1850s. It's been out there since the 1850s. So long story short, um, I I created, I started um, a move. I don't want to say a movement, but I got some. Call friends. it a movement, man. I got some friends that come out there, and we did some we did some cleanup. And Rodney was one of the ones that came out there. So I'm gonna I'm I'm shut up and I'm gonna just let Rodney speak on, on, on the entire situation. And Jamal, I know you weren't out there, but feel free to ask your questions because it was it was a pretty ugly situation. So we got out there and the land was completely dilapidated. dilapidated. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad that the city let this get out of hand. Uh, I looked up some information the, the property is owned by the Cedar Grove Management mm -hmm. Company. Uh, and there's a rule in North Carolina, something like that, that if a property is abandoned like that, the city takes control. Yep. And the city has let this down. Uh, you have veterans buried out there. Yep. And thank you for, well, we're going to people that, that are out there. We're going to reach out to some of the veterans people to, to get some assistance as well. Uh, just... We walked out there, man. We saw used condoms, uh, drug paraphernalia, pants, drugs, all, all, all types of stuff. And and that's and it's right next to a school. That is a dangerous situation. I'm pretty sure kids walk to school every day. Somebody could drag those kids in the woods. Here's, you wouldn't be able to find them. And here's one of the worst things about it. Um, as we were out there cleaning up. There were people who actually live in the neighborhood that were walking up and they were asking us, hey, what are you guys doing? And we would say, hey, we're, we're cleaning up the cemetery. And they're like, what cemetery? Wow. And we're like, there's a cemetery right here. So wow. it was so bad that people in the neighborhood didn't even know <clears throat> no, that there was a cemetery. And I'll say one more thing before I let you guys go. Uh, Rodney was speaking to some of the uh, graves and the poor condition that they're in. You know when you see a headstone, you know how you see the person's name, you see the, the birthday, the day that they died, uh, there may be some sort of scripture and their contribution to society. There was there's a few headstones that they were they were warder uh two uh veterans and all that good stuff, right? But we couldn't even see the date of their yeah, death. Yes. Because there was the, the ground had grown so much since since Vince since this happened, and it was just like <clears throat> we were out there cleaning up, and about two or three hours into it, I was like, "Yo, 
we've done a, a lot, lot of, of work. work. This and and it was looking great, and I was feeling pretty proud of myself. <laughs> and there's this trail off to the left that yeah. lets you see more of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Let me go and walk this trail just to see what it looks like. And mm-hmm. as I walked the trail, I damn near started crying. It was so much trash. It was graves. It was it was grave sites that we couldn't even see. Yeah. The naked eye. We had to go and look. And there are literally graves still back there that that if 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 we went out there every Saturday, it'd probably take two almost two years. Yeah. If we went out there everything. If we went out there every Saturday with the tools that we had, we would be at this for a good year or two. We had chainsaws, we had we, we, we had a truck to, 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 to carry all the garbage and debris, and that still wasn't enough. Yeah. So we need to galvanize the Charlotte the Charlotte community to reach out to the city politicians and, and the county boards and everything like that mm-hmm. to actually do something about this. Because I, I'm, 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 not gonna say, I'm just about to say something that's not even shocking. If this was in Ballantyne, this was in South Park, the grades would not be in this condition. And it's, it's it's sad that you mentioned that because for those of you that don't know or um aren't in the know as far as this situation, there's a man who's been leading this charge, uh, trying to get people to come out there and clean up for over a year now. And his name is Lee Johnson, and yep. he was telling us some of the things that he's witnessed over the last year or so. He told me there was there's a story. There's this lady I can't remember what side of town that she stood that she lived on, but she went to go visit her dad's gravesite. And she goes to visit the gravesite, and there's like four or five leaves on the gravesite. So rather than remove the leaves off of the gravesite, which most likely is what I would do, she left in a fit of rage, called whoever she called, and complained about there being leaves out there. Not only were they out there within a day to clean the leaves off the gravesite, the news came out there and, and, mm-hmm. and reported as well. Meanwhile, we have trees literally growing yeah. where there are bodies resting at. Knocking down tombs, tombstones and everything. <clears throat> um, first, first and foremost, man, uh, props to y'all. Uh, I, 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 I hate I couldn't <clears throat> make it out there, man. Just life calls, man, and I, I truly couldn't make it out there. So, number one, man, much props to y'all for uh, bringing attention to this, man, and bringing it to the forefront, man. And, and uh, obviously, there's there's still a lot of work to do. Um, second, <clears throat> second of all, I, I I can't express enough my disgust for uh, the the quote unquote property management or lack thereof. Um, my my disgust for the city of Charlotte for allowing this to happen, and God knows how long uh, this has been going on. Um, I. I you know, I went on, I think it was your Facebook page, and I, I was looking at the video and the pictures, man, and I, and I saw, and I'm like, man, I'm not by far like a landscape expert, yeah. but I'm pretty sure a tree is not supposed to be growing right next to a a grave. And it's, it's heartbreaking, man. And I, I just, you know, I, I had to personalize it and think to myself, like, man, if that was one of my loved ones, mm-hmm. uh, gravestone out there, man, I I don't know what I do, dude. I I really don't know how I re- how I would react, man. And 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 hopefully, you know, if not us or somebody can can speak to maybe some family members, you know, of these of these buried loved ones, man. Because you know, I y'all y'all know my favorite saying is the optics look bad, yeah. man. And and just to kind of what if what if I told you that there are family members of those uh, of some of those buried in that cemetery. Living in that very same neighborhood, living in that very same neighborhood. Man, let, I, I'm I'm gonna say this, man. Um, 
just kind of kind of speak to the same thing Rodney spoke to, man. Why is it when when it comes to the west side of town or the, let's just be blunt, the black side of town, you know, when everybody's ready to to make it better, so to speak, things get done really quickly. When when it's when something is being gentrified, oh, and uh, things get improved very, very, very quickly. But when there's no money to be made off of a certain piece of land, when there's no money to be made uh, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, off a certain side of town, it gets ignored. I had this conversation with my wife yesterday. Um, I told her I had this. This is this a conversation. So you know that 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 train streetcar rail line is coming down Bay mm-hmm. Road, right? I said, what if this grave site was near Johnson C. Smith, we're closer to Johnson C. Smith, and all of a sudden, some of those houses got re- re- torn down and rebuilt. Man, it would have been, this has been on the news years ago. Years ago. And they, they would have been there and cleaned up everything, and people would have utilized their resources, and, 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 and just because it's a little further down the road. Like twenty years is gonna be changed, anyways. Let's just yeah, be real about true that. True that. Twenty years of that that neighborhood be gentrified. Can I, can I say one thing? Because this is important to say: the residents around Cedar Grove they dropped the ball. They need to be put on blast too. Yeah. that is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. That is absolute. If, if you live in a neighborhood and your family member is buried in Cedar Grove and you see it in that condition and you don't speak up. That's on YouTube, yeah. man. Well, the, uh, to close this out, for for anybody <laughs> that's watching or anybody that's listening, especially if you're here in Charlotte locally, um, I'm urging all of you guys to, you know, get on the phones, get on your laptops, get on social media, and put the city government on blast. Uh, email the city council. Email county government, county council too. If 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 it's anything it, government, it's time to make this let, a thing. Let them man. know. And if you want, if you want to see, if you want to see the pictures and some of the videos, uh, you can do a hashtag search on Facebook for Cedar Grove, or you can go to my professional page. Just type in Vince Dunlap, and you'll see your bearded realtor right there front and center. And just like you'll see all those videos, you see all those pictures, and um, and, bef- and just bef- search. And before we move on, there are a few more like that in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, and, and there's that's this the same one part. off of Mallow Creek. Yep, uh, where they found hundreds of bodies yep. buried on top of each other. They were going to build a top golf on that land too, but uh, there are several more in the yeah, Charlotte this community. Isn't like just that. A, this isn't a one incident thing. This this is all throughout the uh, city of Charlotte and the, and, and, and the county of Mecklenburg. Mm. But um, to to close this out, let's let's go ahead and move on over to our shout outs. So, Rodney, what you got? What you got? Shout out Mr. Lee Johnson. Okay. Uh, for bringing this to light initially. Uh, we're here with you. We're going to help you out. And then also, we're going to give a shout out to... This is all. This is not really a shout out. This is a, a shot at... <laughs> to those parking places next to the Panther Stadium. Ooh, we should have talked about that. to we park... Should. Sixty dollars apart. You're the reason why I didn't go to the game on <laughs> Thursday. Um, you probably saved me, but uh, <laughs> I was literally going to park. I was like, "Man, I'm going to the game and get a last minute ticket." You know, the ticket prices fall. I was like, "Yo, sixty dollars to park? I'm not even gonna spend sixty dollars for a ticket six, to go six, to the game. Sixty dollars to go watch that? To go watch that that product? Well, guess what? The Panthers are sucking this year. You ain't gotta worry about people paying sixty dollars apart. It's gonna plummet. And guess what? 
This is a shot at, a shot at Vince. A suburban stadium isn't going to help. Vince is not. <laughs> Vince will not. Vince will not be getting on that soapbox this time. Vince is not getting on that soapbox. He's going to let Rodney have his shine today, and we'll do this in two more weeks. All right, what you got, what you got Jamal? Um, first of all, man, <clears throat> seriously, shout out to y'all too. Uh, I'm I'm dead serious, man. Uh, shout out to y'all too for bringing awareness. Uh, to this, I'm going to call it the Cedar Grove Project because I'm going to speak it into existence that uh, this is going to be a thing because it needs to be because it's absolutely disgusting. Um, shout out also to the University of Texas and how you helped that. I don't know if y'all heard the story about the little boy coming to school. He had a Tennessee. 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 Thank you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. University of Tennessee. Uh, the little boy came yeah. to school. You know, he didn't have a, a an official T-shirt. They pretty much laid out the red carpet for the little boy. So. Uh, shout out to y'all, and and they gave they offered they gave them a full scholarship. Yeah, yeah so, so good, good stuff, man. And my my uh, my final uh, I'm not what, what was the word shout at shout at shout at shout at, shout at. Shout at. Wh- whatever. I have three words. Don't do it. I'm Don't the, do I, it. Damn it. Don't do I'm it. Sorry. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Fire Willie Taggart. <laughs> and, and I left it alone. Today. I wasn't going to say anything. I left it alone. I left it alone. I wouldn't even try to poke. I did a little poke, but not, not a big poke. All right, so I, I got I got two shout-outs. Shout so my first one, obviously, would be uh, to Rodney and everybody that came out there to help me with the uh, Cedar Grove project yesterday. I had no expectation who would show up, how many would show up, but if all of y'all didn't show up yesterday, the work they got done definitely wouldn't have got done. So I appreciate all you guys for coming out there, uh, spurring the moment essentially, because I didn't, I didn't put the event on Facebook until Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm still hurting right now. So after we get done recording, I am going home. I will be asleep by like four, four o'clock today. But my last shout out. I actually, I'm going to keep in the house and I'm going to give a shout out to our quasi quasi producer, Mr. Uh, Tyrone Kaiser Kirk. Um, if you got, depending on how long you guys have been following the show, he's been on the show a few times. He, he fills in when one hey of man, us can't on, make the show. Come on, give some camera time, man. Um, he doesn't like They don't like being on camera, man. <laughs> he doesn't really like being on camera, but... Um, He'll be on camera in two weeks when I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, I, I, wanted, I wanted to let you guys know about Kaiser. Before we started Under Construction, I only knew Kaiser through social media. He was a Facebook friend. He was, a, he was, an, Instagram, he was an Instagram <laughs> friend. We started Under Construction, and Kaiser hit us up, and he said, Hey, I've been watching y'all shows. I like what y'all are doing. Lifesaver. I want to do my part to help. So he invited us to his house. And, then, and for the last three months or so, we've been recording at his house. This is his man cave. And he does our mixing. He does our audio. And, and if you are doing podcasts, if you're doing uh, YouTube or videography in any way, you know what it takes to, to shoot something with the camera yeah. and then get it to the point on putting it on social media. And by Kaiser inviting and offering himself to help with this project, it has taken so much whatever off of my shoulders. And, you know, for lack of better words, like he's he's been a godsend. So I just felt like I needed to put that out there. No doubt, so man. Kaiser, I appreciate and, it. And <laughs> and and he's one of the best MCs in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. And check out the Disquiet Two podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, check out his, yeah, check out his other podcast. James there you go. All right. So, uh, thank you guys for I listening. Okay. 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 I want to shout out all the grown men who are so concerned <laughs> with what other grown men oh, wear. Oh 
Oh boy. Lower him. No, let's change. I, I wish they could all dress like Carson Wentz. <laughs> no, let's let's change that to grown oh, people, boy. not grown men. Oh, it, it, it's everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's everybody. Look, 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 I look. I don't care. I don't care what our quarterback wears, and you shouldn't either. If your quarterback has wrecked somebody, <laughs> if your quarterback has never played a whole season, <laughs> if your quarterback doesn't have a winning record, if your quarterback has never won a Super Bowl, shut up. Shut up. Care. Shut yeah, up. To, to quote uh, <laughs> Queen Gertrude from Hamlet, me thinks the lady don't, don't pros, uh, protest too much. I think that's how it is with a lot of these dudes. They, I just, grown dudes should not be concerned with look, other look, dudes. Look, man, because I am not going to call names, but there are some of y'all who have posted literally over 20 memes this week. Please find something else to do with your time. I, I just it, there's more to life than finding Cam Newton. Like, you a cowboy fan? Like, t- look, talk about Dak's good game. Like, you worried about Cam? Like, you you in his closet with him? Ladies and gentlemen, this fault. this it's will my, be a topic next week. This will be we're we gonna really got to talk about this. This will be a topic next week. Uh, so once again, appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate y'all for watching. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, and follow under construction across all platforms. And we'll see you guys next time. All right, three thousand.